Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Easy Peasy Show brought to you by Sonic. You can listen to every episode of the Easy Peasy Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or anywhere else you usually listen to your podcast on. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Now let's get into the episode. Big weekend in the UFC as Justin Poirier and Justin Gagey finished their bout in explosive fashion. Um, card as a whole was stacked. Kind of run through some of the results if you like, Zach. Yeah, that's fine by me. Fine by me. It was definitely a uh, entertaining car. It could have been more entertaining. And like I said, the last episode, you know, I don't really I hate to look into the UFC or especially pay per view bouts without seeing the weigh ins. And Michelle Pereira, Exhibit A, um, you know, was very excited for the Wonder Boy and Pereira fight. And then, of course, Pereira misses weight. Uh, Wonder Boy's camp didn't like that. So they pulled the fight from the card. Hopefully, they'll fight in the future one day. I still think that'd be a very entertaining fight. Obviously, it just wasn't uh, quite early in the cards this weekend. But uh, so be it. So be it. Um, you know, hopefully Wonder Boy gets the fight he's looking for, especially at the age he's at. He can't, he can't afford to fight someone who, um, you know, purposely didn't cut weight and someone who's 11 years younger than him. So, I mean, yeah. Say um would have just been a pretty bad decision, right? Yeah. At the end of the day, yes. I mean, you can't you can't be messing around. Even as good of a fighter as Wonder Boy is, you can't really be messing around with that. It's just such an unfair advantage for Pereira at that point. But uh, yeah, we can. Uh, I'm sorry, you go ahead. Well, I was just gonna hit on that a little bit as well. Um, obviously, Wonder Boy's at the later stage of his career. While while going to a fight with a guy that's three pounds over already rehydrating at that three pounds over as well. So come fight time, no telling how, how big he actually is. And um, it's just, honestly, we've come to kind of hope and not, not necessarily hope, come, kind of come to expect that people work those fights out. But with somebody like Wonder Boy, I mean, you can't really blame him. It's just, it just wouldn't have been a good decision on his, holding his end. Right, and for the most part, you know, most of these fighters, they don't even care, especially the people who aren't really ranked and they're still trying to make a name for themselves. You know, they're saying, oh, you know, just give me like 15% of his personal, um, we'll make it happen. But uh, obviously Wonder Boy isn't really in it for the money at this point in his career. He's still in it to try and make a name for himself, which he already has done, you know, but he obviously he at this point, he just doesn't want to be dead in the octagon if he doesn't have to be. You know, I guess he wants to be as fair of a fight that he um, initially signed the contract for. So that's where that is. And uh, I know another fighter missed weight, but um, I can't remember which fighter it was. Maybe Giles. I'm not going to put that on anyone. I can't remember who it was. But yeah, I'm not I'm not 100% sure. But I do remember hearing that somebody else missed weight. Yeah, but uh, yes, anyways, we can, we can roll into some of these results. And I think me and you were pretty spot on with our predictions. Um, I think. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, I think I may have only missed on two of mine. And yeah, I think I think I missed on the uh, Poirier and the Delima calls, and uh, I'm very happy. You know, I told you as we were watching the fights that if anyone was going to ruin anything for me, it was going to be Derek Lewis. I've been very happy about that, and sure enough, in entertaining fashion as always, Derek Lewis goes out there with a flying knee. You know, 280 pounds <laughs> coming at you flying. You know, knee connects, and you know it wasn't even. Doesn't doesn't even matter if it was blocked or not. And uh, it went all the way through, hit the Lima Square in the chain. You fell down. You know Derek loses ground and pound is something to behold. And you know he made sure Delima didn't have an opportunity getting up. Uh, there is no, you know, no opportunity for that fight to go any further. Um, Mergliata had to call it. And then you know Derek Lewis, you know, in the moment, you know, on the huge kid he was, you know, obviously had to take off his pants and. Started going to town. The crowd loved it. The ref loved it. The cut man loved it. I think everyone but Delima and his camp loved it. <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Um, Eric, why'd you take your pants off? No. Um, <laughs> oh, you know, Joe. Fight. But uh, we'll start with the, with the early prelims, if if you'd like. Absolutely. Uh, Random Maverick defeats Kashera via armbar. Shocker. Um, Maverick really looked... Huh? Shocker. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you watch that fight, nobody was surprised that it ended the way it did. There were avenues for her to submit Kashera really the entire fight, and she kind of toyed with her a little bit until getting the finish. She was so dominant over Kashera. It 
it was really ugly to watch on Kashera's part, but Maverick really looked good in that fight. Yes, absolutely. And um, she looked like the Maverick that we've expected to for her to look like uh, lately. She wasn't really living up to her game, but she finally kind of showed what her strengths are. And obviously against an opponent like Kashera, um, you know, her camp knew what she had to do. She executed it pretty much flawlessly, um, got the club and sub. So, and um, I think that's pretty much spot on what I predicted. Like I said, really, it's not that hard to, you know, I guess as fans, it's easy, it's easy for us to say it's not that hard to kind of see what you have to do in the bigger scheme of things. And uh, some, I mean, sometimes it is just that simple, you know. And like I said, other times it's just, you know, a head kick away from ruining everything that you are trained for. So, foreshadowing, huh? But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, Maverick is only 26 years old. So she's just, she's still learning as a fighter. So it'll be interesting to see where she goes from here. I think she really looked good, kind of lived up to some of the hype that she's gotten. Obviously, we need to see a uh, increase in competition, but I think it was a good kind of a like a fresh start for her. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, it's just good to see her back to um, you know, the level that she should definitely be at. And uh, but uh, another another thing that you touched on is just um, obviously you'd like to see her take a step up in competition. Really, um, maybe get to show what she's all about. Because let's be honest, Casuera is just not exactly the person you want to be like, oh, man, that you don't want to have that as your legacy win. Really, you want to have that as just, I guess, a stepping stone just to get further ahead in the UFC. And obviously, I think that's how she's taking it because, I mean, she she was completely dominant in the fight. If it went to decision, she probably would have won by four or five points on all the cards. So, um, yep, that was that fight. I don't know if you have anything much more to say. Move on to the Samuelsberger Medich fight. Yep, and uh, I think you had this one wrong. I, th- I believe you had Semmelsberger over Medich, um, which he certainly had his his moments in that fight, but Medich did end up getting the finish over Semmelsberger via TKO. Um, <laughs> really, really good fight. Uh, do we know who won fight of the night? Oh uh, no, I didn't. I didn't pay attention to the um, to who got the promo bonuses. I saw who got performance. There were a few with performance of the night, uh, but. I'm not sure who got the fight of the night. Let's look. Yeah, me neither. But, um, yeah, like I said, Medich was definitely open for the knockout. I had said that because he had plenty of power and moving up to welterweight. And it was definitely – I thought it was more or less going to come in the first round. I thought it was going to tire – he was going to tire out. And um, Samuelsberger almost got that first-round knockout like I was expecting. But he just didn't – you know, he knocked him down. I think uh, – no, maybe it was just one time. Either way, he knocked him down at least once. Could have went for the knockout, decided to kind of – Stay back a little bit, but um, Medich capitalized, and uh, his cardio looked a lot better than I was expecting it to be. Um, that elevation didn't really affect affect him that much. So, yep. So it looks like they gave out four performance of the nights, not any fight of the nights, though. Mm. I don't see any fight fight of the nights. Gotcha. Anyway, interesting, but yeah, I mean, Simmelsberger definitely had. His, his opportunity, and it seemed like in the first round, just didn't take advantage of it. Right. I, I feel like he should have kind of jumped into the fire once he had uh, Medich hurt. But, you know, he thought differently, and, and then in the end, it kind of bit him. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why you really got to take this opportunity to, you know, jump on your opponent while you have him on the ropes. I know some people, some people really like to – you know, beat down their opponent and like really wait for that opportunity. But I think that was the opportunity. Semmelsberger, I guess, just didn't see it at the time. But anyways, yep. Um, two finishes to start off the night. Pretty, pretty awesome. And uh, like I said, this whole card is just really entertaining. So, I mean, and at the end of the day, you know, it could have been even been more entertaining. But um, moving on, uh, unless you have anything else to say. Uh, no, we'll move on to the next fight. Another finish. Matthews over Flowers via submission. Zach, I know you have your thoughts on this fight. I do as well. Um, Flowers started out great, kind of faded pretty quickly, like you were you had predicted. Um, kind of a Derek Lewis ish type of fighter. Looked really, really good to open the fight, but like I said, he faded very, very quickly. Um, almost to the point where he began faking injuries, and uh, yeah, didn't look good there. After uh, Matthews settled in, he was absolutely dominant, though. 
Um, Flowers just looked bad after that. What the first two, three minutes of the first round, he looked straight up bad. Right, yeah, and Flowers is, um, like I said, he's going to be the Derek Lewis type of fighter where he's patient, coming out the gate, doing his thing. But unfortunately, he um, also said he's probably going to gas out pretty easily, and sure enough, he did. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was it was bad. I mean, yes, like faking injuries um, or, you know, obviously all we can do is speculate. But, you know, they showed the, the – um, the groin strike, supposed groin strike replays. And, I mean, it was um, – everything was pretty much above the belt. I mean, the heel mave came down below the belt, but not enough to the extent where, you know, Flowers should go down like that. You could tell it was a pretty good acting job because, you know, about five seconds after faking, you know, he looked up, make sure the referee was looking at the replay on the board saying, hey, come on, deduct a point. You know, so when a fighter does that, I mean, pretty much after that moment, lost respect, was hoping for, um, you know, a beat down at that point after uh, from Matthews. But, yes, I think he put in his submission. Flowers just gave up immediately, didn't even bother trying to fight out of it. I mean, I think really once the submission was just locked in, he just tapped half a second afterwards, maybe a second afterwards. Yeah, didn't even give him a chance to crank it. Yeah, so I don't know. I, you know, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I, I personally really don't want to ever see him fight again in the UFC, but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt coming in on the fight short notice. Um, you know, maybe give him some equal competition. Maybe give him a, a full training camp, and you know we'll see what he's got. Because at the end of the day, he does have pre- he does have some pretty good power. I think he did show it too. Uh, he can catch opponents off guard and everything, but um, it is it just wasn't the matchup for him yesterday this weekend. So yeah, I mean he definitely had Matthews on the ropes there, but just could not finish him. Moving on again, uh, copy love over Ribeiro via TKO or head kick. Um, yet another finish for this card. Uh, and it really kind of like the momentum seemed to flip a few times in this fight. Uh, copy love started off great, looked unbelievable. And then Ribeiro came out at the end of the first round, really hurt copy love. I thought he had a chance to end it there. If that, if that rounds another 30 seconds, maybe he does, but Sadly, we only uh they only fight for five minutes in a round, not five and a half. Um, Kapilov came out the next round and kicked him in the head, and the lights shut off for Ribeiro. So, a uh, really good win for Kapilov. He really looked good in the fight as a whole. Right, yeah, showing that Kapilov is one of those up and comers in the division, and um, I don't think there's any surprises there really. I think uh, obviously you know Ribeiro had Kapilov uh, rock towards the end of the round, but that's about all he did in the fight. Kapilov picked his spots like I thought he would. He's very, very, very patient. Very, very, very powerful. Did his thing, waited until the second round. Um, I can't remember if he fainted and then threw the kick or what he did, but either way, it was a kick that got through the guard, pretty sure. Knocked Ribeiro out, so it is what it it's is. more there. foreshadowing there. Um, yeah, uh, he has some some really scary power. Um, some some people in that in that weight class need to be on the lookout for him. I think. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, moving on, Vergara over Salvador via unanimous decision. So I believe this is only one of two f- fights um, that went the distance in this card. This one was a pretty close fight, although it was unanimous, and the other one was split. This one was was pretty close. Um, I believe they were all 29-28 on the scorecard. Mm-hmm. And uh, both fighters had their moments. I think what really kind of did Salvador in was his – he was trying to be a little bit too showy uh, with the taunting and, and just kind of trying to be like a, a Nate Diaz type of fighter. And uh, to, put it, to put it bluntly, I don't think he's good enough to be that <laughs> – and uh, it showed. I mean, he had a pretty good first round, and then after that, just kind of faded. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he was trying to make up for the fact that Michelle Pereira wasn't on the card anymore. He was trying to take a spot as an entertainer because he pretty much did everything that Michelle was going to do in his fight against Wonder Boy. And, but yeah, with that being said, once again, Salvador hasn't had the best track record as far as opponents and their um, quality of opponents, I should say. And Vergara is definitely going to be the, his toughest opponent. And he did, he did. A fairly decent job against him, but like I say, he just it's not like he didn't really take the fight serious. Vigera looked locked in the whole time. I think that's what swayed the judges to give him two rounds 
over one. Um, like I said, it just wasn't really – it was definitely a close fight, but I think, you know, Vergara pulled together the more solid combos, and I think Vergara is also a tad bit tougher than Salvador. So I think, you know, every time, you know, Salvador was getting hit, you know, he was doing the, made the showboating thing, like, oh, come on, that wasn't anything. And obviously, you know, Vergara gets hit. He just stands there like a rock doing what he does. So that obviously looks <laughs> a lot better in the judges' eyes. Yeah, to me, when when guys start kind of showboating like that, it, it means they're hurt. They're just trying to pretend that it doesn't. So, um, but we'll move on from there. Just trying to run through the prelims pretty quickly. Um, so this one, I actually missed the finish. I, really, I I was in the kitchen for a minute or two, and I came back and they're showing the replay of him submit submitting uh, Giles. I'm like, wow. Um, so he did beat him via submission with a guillotine choke. He was elite on the ground, uh, just like you predicted, Zach. So Giles really didn't have much of a chance there. Yeah, no, not at all. And um, yeah, not much to be said about that fight. I think that was kind of an obvious um, an obvious outcome in the uh, different levels of fighters. And Bonfim is just an excellent. He has an excellent ground game. His, I mean, he's guys have been finishing all of his losses. And you could definitely see the writing on the wall with that fight. I mean, Bonfim is just, you know, a little spider monkey in there. And it's, you know, I don't care how good you are at defending submissions. It's just Bonfim is just one of those guys you just don't want to be on the ground with at all. You know, it's kind of a, you know, Charles Olivier kind of thing. Like, sure, you yeah. may be able to knock him down, but guess what? You get your back taken. Or really, you get in any, any situation on the ground with that man. It's, you know. Yeah, I think it's interesting when fighters nowadays knock down uh, Charles. I don't even go to the ground with them for the ground to pound. Mm-hmm. I mean, that shows the massive respect that they have for for that man. Right. So scary, scary guy to be on the ground with. Um, obviously, Bonfim could be that kind of type in the future. I don't think he's there quite yet, but he potentially can be in the future. Um, so we'll move on to the main card here. Uh, the fights start getting a little bit better. So Kevin Holland over Michael Chiesa. Via submission, triangle choke, man, Holland looked good. I, he made Chiesa look very, very, very average. Um, I think I think this is a good weight class for for Kevin Holland. Like Joe Rogan mentioned on on the air, um, he looks big in there, man. Compared to middleweights, where like the bigger guys were just taking him down, just kind of wrestling with him, keeping him on the ground instead of letting him stand up and, and hit him um, and ragdoll him a little bit. But Holland, I mean, Chiesa could not take him down. The The defense was incredible. Um, Stand-up looked incredible, as always, for Kevin. Of course, talking during the fight always is going to be a Kevin Holland thing. Um so he looked really, really good. I'm excited to see what Holland does. I know he did say that he was going to move back to middleweight, but I hope I hope his team gets in his ear and tells him, "Hey, man, look, you looked really, really good against a really good fighter." Right. Yeah, but we know Kevin Holland. He he likes to go wherever the noise may be, and um, yeah, it's unfortunate he's getting beat up in the middleweight division, but that's just because he's playing, or I say, playing fighting up against the best middleweights. And that's kind of what I alluded to. I think even though the odds had this fight close, I didn't really think it was going to be that close of a fight. I thought Holland being a much active fighter and being fighting against much better competition than Chiesa. And uh, considering Chiesa doesn't really fight much anymore, I didn't really think it was going to be that close. And surely enough, it really wasn't. I mean, it looked like, you know, it it looked like what it was in there. It looked like a much active fighter against a fighter who's not that active and much older. And, um... Yeah, so, I mean, I really wasn't too surprised by the result there. I thought, you know, maybe Han could sneak out the knockout, but, you know, his um, his ground game looked a lot better against Chiesa than it has against other opponents. But once again, to Holland's, you know, um, I guess to the point of Holland, he's also just not looked good against the best middleweights on the ground. So Yeah, I mean, it's hard to look good on the ground against Havenshot Chamayev, so. Exactly. You know, that's no uh, slouch on the ground for sure. Um, 
But do you think it was more Chiesa looking bad or Holland looking good? I think it was more probably more Holland looking good. I think like you said, Holland's in a division now where he's going to look good against pretty much everybody. He's definitely a well rounded fighter. Um, I'm not sure if I'd call him underrated. I think a lot of people well, I think a lot of people just recognize his name mainly just because of his antics in the octagon, just because he's he likes to run his mouth a lot and gets in people's ears. But um yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, it just wasn't – I didn't think it was going to be that. Kiss is a great fighter. I just didn't think this matchup was going to be good for him. And like I said, I don't know why the odds were so close to begin with. I just I, – I didn't I didn't see it that way. You know, I'm not trying to, like, humble brag or anything here, but I guess I'm going to. I, I really don't get why the odds are that close because it shouldn't have – like, I thought it was like a Bobby Green, Tony, Tony Ferguson level fight where it just – Really, Kiesa's only path to victory was just hoping Holland would mess up. A, um, you know, I forget Holland. Let me just replace Holland's name with BJJ Black Belt. You know, hoping a BJJ Black Belt would mess up on the ground and sneak in a submission. So, you know, it's that's when that's your only path to victory. Again, yeah, you know, it just it just didn't make too much sense to me. No, it didn't. I mean, like you said, Holland is a BJJ Black Belt, so it's not like he's useless on the ground like other fighters can be at times um but yeah just Chiesa was just completely outmatched in this fight uh like I said I, I, I would like to see Holland fight in this weight class for a long period of time I don't think he really has an avenue to the belt in the middleweight division with guys like uh Chamayev if he decides to stay in middleweight with guys like uh Israel Adesanya even um Rob Whitaker, Driscus Duplessis. I don't. Th- I don't think he matches up well with those kinds yeah. of guys. So, um, but we'll move on to the next one. Bobby Green over Tony Ferguson via submission. Another triangle choke. Oh man, I don't. I don't even know what to say. Tony just looked awful in all caps. Just terrible. Who he looks like a shell of, of his former self. Doesn't look like he wants to be there. Um. Stand-up game, stand-up game is horrible. Ground game is horrible. Uh, he needs to retire. I, I don't know how else to put it. He needs to retire. He doesn't even. He doesn't even look like he's wanting to be there anymore. So, I don't know why he doesn't retire. Maybe he wants to go out with a win. But at this pace, who's he going to beat? No, there's not many people. Uh, whenever you drop a, a fight to Nate Diaz and Bobby Green, it's. Um... Yeah, you're, you're really, your career's really just going downhill at that point. You might as well just retire. I'm surprised you didn't. Um, I, I honestly thought it was going to be a retirement fight for him, win or lose. Um, definitely lose. Um, like I said, I didn't think this fight should have even been sanctioned. It just it was never going to be fair, and uh, obviously it never was. He was getting beat up on the um, on the feet, and when he'd get down the ground, he'd just accept it. He'd just kind of like start flailing on the ground, you know. It's like he just, I guess, figured if he kept moving all his limbs, he'd have a chance. But obviously not. He tired himself out, got submitted with like six seconds left or something in the third round. Something insane. Good for Bobby Green. Wasn't expecting that. But um, well, that's kind of a testament to what we were just saying. I mean, look, Bobby Green. If you get if you get knocked out by Bobby Green, I think that's somewhat acceptable. I mean, he's a sneaky guy. He can put you in some uncomfortable situations at times. But if you get submitted by him. Yeah, and I mean, I, yeah, I mean, Bobby Green's got a good submission game too. Not to knock on that, but yes, it's just definitely, definitely kind of shows that Tony Ferguson just isn't. He isn't who he used to be. I think the announcers were saying it too. Uh, the gimmicks that Ferguson would do kind of kept him in the, you know, up in the division for as much as it did. But now that doesn't really work anymore because he's got several other people who fight unconventional like him, and uh, he used to be the only one. Now he's not, and so it's like, well, he doesn't have much to offer. Now he's just a you know, a 40 year old guy who just can't do much. So yeah, I'm shocked yeah. he didn't retire. And uh, honestly, we can move on to the next fight if you want to really not much more to be said about well, that. I have a few closing thoughts on him. Um, on the fight. I mean, uh, like you said, when he got down on the ground, he kind of just accepted it. I mean, we were watching together and when the, when the choke was locked in, it was like he was flailing. And then he just stopped. And we were like, oh, man, he's out. And then the ref pulls uh, Green off of him, and he's still awake. So I I just I question his 
his want, his drive at this point. And, uh, man, it, it's been a it's, it, long ways away from that 12-fight win streak. So, <laughs> moving on to Derek Lewis defeating DeLima via TKO. Uh, holy moly. My jaw was, just from the beginning of the fight, my jaw was on the floor. Uh, could not believe my eyes when Derek Lewis threw a flying knee out the gate. Um, we were both wrong on this. So happy to hear that. Um, now I don't really like being wrong, but man, I'm, I'm happy to be wrong here. Uh, love Derek Lewis, an unmatched entertainer. Uh, obviously we saw what he did after defeating Delima. So, um, Just, there's not much to say about that fight, man. I just, <laughs> I love Derek Lewis, dude. Yep, I've um, this was the one time you know I've uh, I've bet against Derek Lewis, and now I remember why I never really bet against him because he showed uh, what I thought was going to be his downfall: him rushing into things. Um, that ended up that ended up what <laughs> what won the fight for him. Um, very impressive flying knee from such a you know from a guy like him. Uh, obviously, he looked more in shape than any of his other fights. You know, obviously, the pictures are coming out of him after weigh-ins. And um, like like I, you know, I've been saying, this is why I'd like to, you know, really look at the weigh-ins before I really make any final predictions. Because um, after seeing that, maybe after seeing his attitudes and stuff, maybe he wouldn't know he's a little bit more locked in, even though, you know, I think he said something along the lines where, like, that flying knee he threw really wasn't even in the game plan. He just, he kind of, just did it just because and that's why you gotta love Derek Lewis. Um I had a huge parlay going, he ruined it. I didn't even care. I was enjoying it. I mean it was probably just, you know, fire of the night for me just because just solely based off of entertainment alone, just the fact that's Derek Lewis. But um, you know, Delima's definitely gonna bounce back after this. I think he just you know, I thought he he may have was obviously expecting probably some punches, not a flying knee from Derek Lewis. So, you know, um I think Delima's going to be fine. He just definitely wasn't expecting it. And once you're on the ground against Derek Lewis, you have no shot. So, um, all respect to Delima. Derek Lewis just showed out, and he did what Derek Lewis does. Yep, I will say, though, uh, it's a good thing that fight got stopped when it did because I think Derek Lewis was definitely running out of some oh, gas yeah. there. Yeah, no, I thought he blew <laughs> it, too. I thought there was like a point in time where he had to like reposition himself on the back, and I was like, oh, man, I thought Delima was going to get out of it, but – Thankfully, Derek Lewis was able to pull it out. And like I said, I think uh, I, I, believe, yeah, I believe Mercoliata was the ref. I believe he stopped it, you know. And um, good thing because we got, like I said, the entertainment to last us for the rest of the year from Derek Lewis, you know, taking his pants off, you know, doing the suck it, uh, you know, sign. The shmoney dance. Yes, and yes, he did the, the shmoney dance and was jumping on the octagon <laughs> and threw his cup into the um, crowd. And uh, he pulled off his gloves like he was going to retire, threw those into the crowd too. Um, yeah, what a guy, what a guy. Gotta love Derek Lewis. Oh, man, just no other way to put it. What a guy. We'll move on to uh, Alex Pereira versus John Blahovich. And Pereira did win via split decision here. Uh, pretty close fight. Kind of an underwhelming fight, though. Uh, there really wasn't a whole lot of action. Obviously, like I noted uh, the other day, Blahovich wasted absolutely no time trying to take Pereira to the ground. Pereira, though, didn't look useless on the ground like he has in his last few fights. He didn't look good. I'm not going to say he looked good, but he was able to defend some submissions, and it really gassed out Blahovich to the point where the takedown offense was almost non-existent, and even the stand-up offense was almost non-existent for Blahovich after the uh, after the first mm-hmm. round. So, um, Alex, great job by him to weather the storm there and come out on top. Yeah, um, I think Jan, Jan felt a little defeated after the first round. I think he had like four minutes of control time, but he did absolutely nothing with it. Um, I think he kind of – he went for a couple submissions. Uh, neither of them were really in tight whatsoever. Uh, he definitely – it was definitely shocking because I was expecting more of like the Izzy experience where, I mean, he got taken down and there's absolutely nothing he could do. But Alex showed that 
you know, it's not like that with him. Uh, <laughs> the grappling has definitely improved. The grappling was definitely improved. And, um, yeah, for fighting up against a guy like Jan, who has that power too, the same amount of power as the prayer has, uh, it was a very impressive showing. Uh, like I said, I thought, I, I kind of, I predicted that Pereira was, I think I pre- predicted he was going to get a uh, knockout. That was like, I wasn't really too confident in it, but uh, he definitely came close a couple of times. I think if Jan didn't waste the whole first round on the ground, and like I said, I think that may have been kind of accounted for why it wasn't that entertaining, just because they both wasted so much energy on the ground in the first round, and that really set the tone for the rest of the fight. So I believe that's kind of what led that fight not being too entertaining. But uh, props to Alex. I think he's going to get, obviously, a shot at the championship next. Um, I think that fight probably should have been for the interim championship to begin with anyways. But it is what it is. Uh, Jan's still a good fighter, too. Nothing against Jan, but he definitely gassed out. That elevation got to him. Alex was, you know, being Alex. Uh, I think he definitely showed a lot more, a lot more fight than Izzy did moving up a division. So I think that's a very good sign for Alex if you're a fan of him. Yeah, well, making weight would have shown more uh, fight than than Izzy. I mean, I don't think Izzy put on any weight to go up, did he? I have no, I have no idea. But it shows how much Izzy doesn't really care. Like, it shows how serious of a fighter he is. I'm I'm pretty sure he was like five pounds below the limit in the light heavyweight championship fight against uh, Blahovich. So and that's why he'll never be in the Hall of Fame. He'll be in the Corny um, Hall of Fame. But, so, how, what are your what are your thoughts on Alex in the light heavyweight division? I mean, I'm not saying that uh, Blahovich is a is a bad fighter by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think we're a far cry away from. Uh, where he was just a few years ago. I don't think he's the fighter he used to be. Um, it seemed he is kind of on a skid. I know he beat Ankalaev. However, it was a pretty questionable decision there. Um, other than that, he's lost to Glover Teixeira. So he hadn't held the belt in quite some time. Yeah, definitely. But he's still, like, he's still, you know, in top of that division. So I think that's a real testament to Alex. I think. I told you this as soon as he got knocked out by Izzy. Alex, I mean, got knocked out by Izzy in the or in their third fight, technically, their second fight in the UFC. Um, you know, I had a feeling you, uh, Alex is going to jump up a, a division even before he announced he was. And I told you he was probably going to run through that division. And then it was going to be up to Izzy to jump up the division again and challenge him for the light heavyweight. So I still think that's definitely in the cards. I think once Alex beats whoever he needs to beat, whoever holds the belt at the time, because it seems everyone that's the cream of the crop in the light heavyweight division is getting injured. So who knows where that belt's really going to be a year, a year from now, but I definitely still think that's going to, what's going to be, ha- what's going to happen. I think Alex is going to eventually hold the belt one way or another. Don't really matter. And then Izzy's probably going to come up and challenge him again. And it's going to be, you know, fight of the century type of fight. So I think Alex is good in the light heavyweight to answer your question. Yeah, I think it is interesting, though, that his power is not as uh, much of an advantage in light heavyweight as it is in middleweight. Um, you definitely saw that in the fight on Saturday. With He was kind of picking out his shots more so than he was just kind of throwing them like he did against Izzy. Maybe that's why, because when he was throwing them against Izzy, he kind of got baited into the shot that Izzy threw to knock him mm-hmm. out. Um and that's one thing that we don't take into consideration much. He didn't just get TKO'd by Izzy. Like, he was out, knocked out. So, I mean, you remember those kinds of things. Well, you see them, and, you know, I don't know that he remembers it, but so we'll see. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. Um, I, I think it'll. I guess what I'm trying to say is I would have liked to see him more. Uh, more aggressive Pereira in that fight uh, on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. But I can tell you right now, his training camp was definitely more centered around takedown defense in the ground game. And obviously that showed. So that's probably why yeah, he didn't, his striking really wasn't as up to par. When you fight a guy like Izzy, you don't have to worry about takedowns at all. Well, I take that back. He did get mm-hmm. taken down by Izzy. But, I mean, it, I mean uh, whatever. Um, yeah, whenever you fight a guy like Izzy, you don't really have to worry about that kind of stuff. But fighting a guy like John, you do have to worry about that stuff. And I think, obviously – 
obviously all of his training in that camp showed in that fight. It definitely showed what he focused on and showed what he didn't focus on. So, um, like I said, it depends who he fights next, especially especially if he fights Yuri or um, Jamal. I think it'll definitely be more kickbox oriented type again. So we'll have to see. Like I said, I don't know really what the what Dana plans on doing for that division because as I think Yuri will probably be back at this point before Hill. So, I think he's ready to go. I think Yuri Prohaska is ready to go. Yeah, I don't. So I, I really don't know. Jamal Hill will be out at least a year with a uh, ruptured Achilles. Yes, yeah, so, um, I really don't know what they plan on doing for that. I mean, it's like I said, I was quite. I questioned why they didn't make this pass fight, the interim championship. But they'll probably. I don't know. If Dana can't wait and Alex says he's good to go and Yuri says he's good to go, he may make it. He may make that the um interim champion fight. But well, I think uh, I think Jamal Hill is gonna. I think he's agreed to give up the belt, so okay, I think that will okay, be for nice. the yeah the actual championship. Nice. I, I like the I light heavyweight that's division the fight to make though. They're all such good guys. They're all such good guys in light heavyweight division. They're willing to keep the division move because Jamal will be the second guy in a row to give up the um. Yeah, as I say, it'll be he'll be the second champion in a row to be willing to give up the belt to keep the division moving. So um, yeah, you got to appreciate. Yeah, that. absolutely. We'll move on uh, to the fight. You know, everybody was drooling over, and it was a good fight for the short duration that it was on. Um, obviously, Gagey defeats Poirier via head kick. Um, not a TKO, a true knockout. Um, man, Gagey looked excellent. You said the other night that you didn't really see an avenue uh, to either one of these fighters winning a belt, but I think. After this fight uh, on Saturday, I think Gaethje definitely has an avenue to win in the belt. Yeah, most definitely. And like um, our conversation we had, um, I definitely am going back on that after seeing how much Gaethje improved. Because I hate to say, you know, um, unfortunately, I didn't think the fight was – I thought it was entertaining in the sense I was on the edge of my seat. But um, that fight was dominant by Gaethje. Uh, Poirier looked like he didn't belong in the octagon with Gaethje. Um, I mean, he was getting hit left, right combos, up, down. You know, it don't really matter. I mean, it looked, you know, it looked like you're playing with your little brother in Mortal Kombat or something, you know. And it just, it just, to me, it wasn't pretty by Poirier. And I think the head kick knockout signified what I thought was a dominant win for Gaethje. And, you know, there's still a shot of Gaethje doing the backflip, looking at um, Dustin as he's, you know, laying limp on the ground. That definitely sums it up, too. I definitely think, uh, like I'm going back on my word now, I think Gaethje definitely, after seeing how, I guess, like I said, refined. And I knew he was more refined going into the fight. I didn't realize it was that level. Either Poirier just sucks that much now or Gaethje really really has just gotten that much better. But I definitely think Gaethje can – I definitely think Gagey can make a run on a title if he really wants to. It's just it's it's now or never for him. He's and really it was now or never for Poirier too. But I think it's obviously a never now for Poirier, and um, it's got to be a now for Gagey. Yep. Um, it it kind of sucks. It almost feels like we were robbed. I know you said that Gagey was dominating, and he was, but it did it did kind of feel like Poirier was still kind of in that little like feel out zone and to Gagey too, to an extent. Um, so it almost feels like that head kick robbed of us, robbed us of a dog fight towards the end. Um, but however, obviously great, great fight by uh, Gagey looked great. Um, but, and like you, you mentioned, where does Dustin go from here? I don't know. I really don't know where Poirier is going to go from here. That's a good question. Um, obviously, uh, McGregor's not even concerned with Poirier anymore. Uh, McGregor tweeted out immediately, and um, you know, after the fight was over, that was the first thing I did. I checked Twitter. So let's see where Conor McGregor had a tweet. Sure enough, he said he's <laughs> going to slap Gaethje around. So Gaethje, he obviously made his status known what he wants to do. I mean, he wants to go for the championship. He could care less about the money fight. So um, you know, first of all, really, McGregor's got to get past the you know drug administration. And then we can see where we go from there. Um, Poirier, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Like I said, he can keep fighting. He can. He's probably going to end up being the gatekeeper for the next couple fights in that division. You know, there's always that one guy who never really gets a shot at the belt because honestly, they don't deserve it. But they definitely. That's like the guy you have to go through to see if you deserve a shot at the belt at the same rate. That's what I call the gatekeeper. So I think he's kind of sounds like Sean Strickland. Yeah, so I think he's probably going to be the gatekeeper of that division. I don't see really 
much else for Dustin at this point in his career. He's getting older. Um, you get knocked out that easily from a head, which was a really great head kick, really well set up. Um, and as you know, they they summoned Kamara Usman because they kept saying his name so many times, and he just popped up in the octagon out of nowhere. That was kind of scary. But um, so, yeah, I don't know. Same arena that he got knocked out, by the way. Something something to do with that arena, huh? And um, Joannick saying, saying the Mormons were in for a treat. I can't believe he, they just – yeah, it's true, but I mean, anyways, some stuff you don't say on air. Unless there's a um, drive deep in the left by Castellanos. Moving on. Um, so we'll uh, we'll move on from the UFC. Obviously, a great card this past weekend. But uh, let's turn our focus to the upcoming week. There's really not a whole lot going on in the world of sports. Uh, sadly, we are still in that that dead period of time that there's not much going on in the world of sports. However, there's a few things. Uh, Jets versus Browns on Thursday night. Uh, we'll get to see Deshaun Watson versus Aaron Rodgers for a drive or two. So that's exciting. Yeah, that'll be that'll be nice. Um, football's back. Um, not really officially, but hey, it's, it's a sign that things are to come. Um, you know, August right around the corner at this point. So, I mean, definitely have all that to look forward to. Um, I know yeah, really, like I said, there's not much to talk about nowadays for, for stuff that's coming up. I mean, the only news that's really coming out of anywhere is, you know, this dude's getting hurt here, this dude's hurt here, this dude requested a trade here. Um, this really – This dude had this to say about this guy. Yeah, like I said, there's really not much else going on. really no new news. So, um, it is – like I said, it is what it is. Like I said, we're just in that point, in that point of the – um in that year – where MLB is the only thing going on. Uh, so, I mean, that's that. I mean, I don't know. Actually, I mean, if you want to talk about Jonathan Taylor requesting a trade, I mean, that got shot down yeah. immediately. So, I mean, I don't really know. Um, you know, you kind of have to question where that came from because, you know, he kind of sat in silence. And you, I don't know. You, <laughs> you get, he got injured last year, right, at a certain point? I feel like he did. I believe so. Yeah, and then, you know, you – I don't know. I don't know why why you don't give your rookie quarterback, who obviously the franchise has put a lot of faith into, give him a chance. Maybe you're offended that he's a you know hybrid quarterback that can run, on and maybe you just don't want to be in that position. Maybe you want to be the guy. I don't know where you get traded to at this point, though. I mean, like I said, the whole running back debate is just: do teams really want to give up that much for a running back? I mean, what did the 49ers give up for McCaffrey? I don't think they gave up much, huh? Um, let me look it up. I'm not. I don't think they gave up a whole lot. No, but and like I said, that's just that's just the the state that running backs are in right now. Now, and speaking of running backs, uh, Michelle retiring kind of came out of nowhere. But I think you know once they he didn't pass his physical or something, he just said, "All right, I am done. I'm yeah. out of here." Sucks because he was such a great running back at uh at Georgia. So the Carolina Panthers traded the traded Christian McCaffrey to the San Francisco 49ers for a 2023 second round pick, third round pick, and fourth round pick, and an additional 2024 fifth round pick. Wow. Yeah, you see, that's just not even a first round pick. Yeah, I mean, I mean, running backs are just like so. That's just that's just the state we're in right now with running backs. And so, um, I would I would argue that Christian McCaffrey is a lot more uh, valuable than just any running back, though. I mean, he's essentially another receiver. Yeah, sure, but he's obviously injury prone. I mean, the 49ers are probably use that as their leverage. The fact that he probably only plays half the games each season, it feels like. So, I mean, that is true. That's kind of, you know, crap production. So, it's hard to look at the year he had last year, though, and be like, oh, man, but that potential is still there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think Christian McCaffrey's probably a top three running back in the league, or he definitely is a top three running back in the league. But he's not two or three. I mean, it's just like saying, like, you know, oh, like, oh, this team could have been number one in the playoffs if it weren't for injuries. You know, like, it's just, it's the what ifs. I know you know all too well about that. Yes, absolutely. And, um, you know, I feel like any. Does J.K. Dobbins still play for y'all? Yes, yes, he does. Use the word play loosely. Yes, yes, he's he's still rostered. He's still um under contract with the Ravens. <laughs> what about Bateman? Same thing with him. 
Yeah, I know. Well, that was kind of weird. I feel like last season was the only season he really got injured like badly, and I was like, oh. I mean, that just kind of summed yeah, up the season last season. I had him on my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, like I said, it's just so, yeah. <laughs> that's that's funny. I'll but, never forgive him. <laughs> oh, he's going to um, be wide receiver one this year. Mm, you think? Oh, no, no, no. I was just oh, okay. I was just joking. I know you all signed some, some, somebody. Yeah, I know Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean it's it's gonna be hard. Did y'all sign Nelson Aguilar? Yes, it's gonna be hard Gosh. to put up competition against that guy. Yeah. What was the uh the guy in the video talking about? So there was it was like a firefighter or something. Yes, I know. Yes, Nelson Aguilar. Well, because he said like people were catching stuff out of the building, or like maybe like people were like. They were, they were throwing stuff down, and the, the people were catching it on, like, Aguilar, and then he, like, looked at the camera. <laughs> that was it. Just unbelievable. Um, but I think Odell will be pretty good for y'all, and Zay Flowers. Mm-hmm. So, I think the future's bright in Baltimore. I sure hope so. I think it is, too. So, But I think we've been saying that for quite a few years now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, you get tired of just being in the playoffs. If you're the Ravens, you know, you kind of want to take that next step and actually be a championship contender. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of think of that as like the zone that you absolutely don't want to be in because you're just good enough to get into the playoffs, but you're not good enough to go past the first or second round, and um, you really don't get any good draft picks, but you're not winning the Super Bowl, so it's like. Well, I'm kind of in like a little limbo here. You know what I mean? Right. And um, but I definitely think the Ravens made the um made some moves to shore up their offense, which is obviously a weakness. You know, obviously getting rid of a terrorist is you know the number one on the list. Um, goodbye, Greg Roman. Um, I thought I thought Ravens fans liked him. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, anyways, um, he's gone, so uh, that'll probably that'll help. That'll probably. I mean, honestly, having no offensive coordinator would probably be better than having Greg Roman. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this, though. Um, yeah, like, like I mean, I, yes, obviously, you know, we're talking about this. Just shows there's really not much going on this week, but um, we can recap what else happened this weekend, including Formula One. A little bit of a rainy day. Um. As I said, Verstappen wins. Uh, shocker. You know, Red Bull, I believe, finished 1-2 with Charles Leclerc coming in third to get the podium. Last spot on the podium for Ferrari. His teammate didn't do too well. Took some damage in turn one from Piastri, I believe. Um, So it was kind of a, you know, an entertaining race watching Verstappen have to go from six, work his way to first, and win by, you know, 22 seconds, something crazy like that. Shows how dominant of a driver he is and just really how he he makes the sport not fun. Um, It's fun hearing him coming on the radio, though, and talking to his engineers. They've been having some riffs lately, so that's been interesting. But, um, yeah, disappointing day for McLaren. um, Halfway disappointing day for Ferrari. I mean, you get a podium, there's not really much to complain about. And uh, unfortunately, Carlos Sainz's car just got hit, and they tried to keep him driving, but he just kept dropping down the grid. So it just really wasn't working out for him. They retired the car, and um, yeah, that was that was about it. Yuki Sonoda kind of showed out too for AlphaTauri, and yeah, I mean, overall, it's a good race. A little bit of rain, kind of a little scary, but I mean, you know, it is what it is, and I believe they're hitting their summer break, if I'm not mistaken. So it's going to be in a little while before we see them race again, but um, well-deserved for some drivers. Yep. Well, I think, I think, I think that's pretty much all we got for the, uh, for this past weekend. I don't think much is going on. Like I mentioned earlier, kind of in that dead period. So just kind of keep this a short show. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, You know, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's it. I think that's it. What about you, Peyton? You got anything else to say? Anything for the listeners? Anything on your mind? Speak now forever. Hold your peace. I still rock with the diamond, though. Fair enough. Fair enough. I'm pretty sure most people do, too. 
Um, Won with a lot of class, by the way. I'm sorry, say that again. So he did win with a lot of class. Yeah, I mean, when you when you get knocked on your butt like he did, I mean, there's really not much you can do other than say, man, you know, you got me good, man. You know, and um, I think Gaethje also showed a lot of class too, saying, oh, Dustin, you're, man, you're my favorite fighter, man. Like, sorry. Yeah. Sorry I had to brutally knock you out and kind of show how, you know, you're never I mean, going to be anything at UFC. Blood between those two. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, they had respect for each other the whole time um, leading up to the fight. Um, But, you know, I wish the best for all of them. But uh, if there's nothing more to say, we uh, hope our listeners enjoy their week. Uh, feel free to follow us at us on our Twitters and Instagrams. Uh, do your thing. Let us know. Let us know your thoughts of the card that happened on Saturday for UFC. And uh, if you think we're missing any major events, obviously let us know. Like I say, we're just kind of in the dog days of summer right now, where the only thing really going on is baseball, and there's only so much we can cover of that. Um, at least up until the playoffs start. So, yeah. Uh, or the trade deadline. Yeah, sure, sure. But um, even then, uh, you know, who cares? Who cares? Unfortunately. Sorry. 